0: It's Monday, April 8th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the Israeli election. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made another pledge that's raising eyebrows. We'll connect the dots on why the West Bank is important and its potential impact on peace in the Middle East. Then, everyone is talking about Kirsten Nielsen's bow out from the Department of Homeland Security. We'll tell you what's next for the agency that's at the forefront of the border crisis. And finally, why tonight's NCAA championship final might be a snoozer. We're here to make your Monday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by H&R Block. Skim This is here to uncomplicate your evenings. H&R Block is here to uncomplicate your taxes. Their tax pros will help you make sure you get every credit and deduction you deserve. The most complicated story today is about Israel and a pledge made by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu over the weekend. He wants to annex Israeli settlements in the West Bank if he's reelected. It's a region where about 400,000 Israelis and nearly 3 million Palestinians live. The announcement came as a surprise. And it was seen by some experts as a move to help Netanyahu secure a fifth term in office. Voters in Israel head to the polls tomorrow, but it could end up being a really big deal for Israeli-Palestinian relations. So why was this announcement over the weekend so controversial? We're gonna get into it. What Netanyahu's pledge can mean for Israeli-Palestinian relations, why it could help him in Israel's election tomorrow, and how the US and the global community are reacting. Okay, so first, Quick reminder of the significance of the West Bank. The West Bank is a 2,000 square mile stretch of land between Israel and Jordan that has been a point of contention between Israel and Arab states since 1948. After the Six-Day War in 1967 with bordering Arab states, including Jordan, Israel took military control of the West Bank. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who were living there fled, but others stayed. Since then, there's been a lot of back and forth between Israel and Palestine on who controls the West Bank and how and whether it should be divvied up. Israelis moved into parts of the West Bank and keep coming. In the 90s, Israeli and Palestinian leaders negotiated to grant the Palestinian Authority limited governance over parts of the West Bank. It was called the Oslo Accords. They also said, hey, let's keep lines open, keep talking, and in the meantime, we won't make any major moves. The West Bank has been a big part of talks about whether Palestine could become its own country next to Israel. It's called the two-state solution. Now Netanyahu is saying he plans to declare Israeli sovereignty over those regions in the West Bank where Israelis are living if he's re-elected. So, the West Bank has been a key point in the conflict between Israeli and Palestinian leaders. How does this announcement tie into the Israeli election? Netanyahu is running for re-election, but so is the rest of Israel's legislature. The way it works in Israel is, if Netanyahu's party, the Likud party, gets the most votes, he'll be prime minister. If his party loses, he's out. Right now, the Likud party is neck and neck with a more centrist party, the Blue and White Alliance, which is led by Israel's former army chief of staff. Over the past few weeks, Netanyahu has been shoring up support from the more right-wing parties in Israel. Who are pushing for more Israeli control over territory like the West Bank. And a recent poll by the Israeli newspaper Ha'aretz found that 42% of Israelis back the annexation of the West Bank. Netanyahu needs all the support he can get. Right now he's facing potential corruption charges that could oust him from office. So that's why this announcement is coming right now. But how does it affect U.S. and global politics? This declaration about the West Bank is just the latest move to take a more assertive stance on Israeli control. And Netanyahu's gotten some help from President Trump. Last year, the Trump administration moved the U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Last month, Trump recognized Israel's sovereignty over the disputed Golan Heights territory. Netanyahu was at the White House the day Trump signed the proclamation doing so. Mr. President, our dear friend Donald, you have shown consistently Incredible support for Israel, for our right to self-defense. So far, the Trump administration hasn't responded to this new West Bank announcement. According to local reports, Netanyahu says the White House knew about it. But it could be the final blow to the Middle East peace plan that the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has been putting together. Trump has called it the deal of the century. The Palestinian foreign minister told the Associated Press that Netanyahu would face a, quote, real problem because of the millions of Palestinians living in the West Bank. And a top advisor to the Palestinian president says he doesn't have much hope for Kushner's peace deal anymore. He said the Palestinians will resist any moves by Israel to annex parts of the West Bank, with the help of other countries. International law forbids annexing land taken during war. Turkey's foreign minister has called this move, quote, an irresponsible statement to seek votes. Russia's foreign minister called out the U.S. for getting too involved in the region. And today, the German Foreign Office put out a statement saying Israeli settlements in the West Bank are illegal and calling on the Israeli government not to do anything that would rule out a two-state solution. So what's the skim? Proponents of a two-state solution say this move by Netanyahu would smash any hope for a world in which Israel and Palestine could exist as two separate countries, and might add fuel to an already tense situation in the region. In Israel, the election is tomorrow. But if there isn't a clear winner, it might take a while for parties to form coalitions, which will determine whether Netanyahu will stay on as PM. Analysts are debating whether Netanyahu has left himself enough wiggle room to get out of his big announcement if things get tight. Just like most politicians, Netanyahu has made promises in the past that he hasn't kept. The annexation of the West Bank could end up being just another one. As Israel's top political figure is trying to stay in office, one of the highest-ranking officials in the U.S. is heading out the door. That story's next. Surprise! Tax day is right around the corner. Maybe you're an early bird and filed already. Or maybe you're like the rest of us and haven't even started. Either way, we can all agree that taxes tops our least favorite chores list. Except you don't have a sibling you can pass this one off to. You can pass it off to the tax pros at H&R Block, though. You can go to an H&R Block office near you, or you can skip the office visit and get professional tax prep with their new Tax Pro Go service. Tax chore? No more. Work with an H&R Block tax pro today. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen is now the 12th Cabinet official in the Trump administration to call it quits. She handed in her letter of resignation yesterday and spoke about it today. I share the president's goal of securing the border. I will continue to support all efforts to address the humanitarian and security crisis on the border. Uh, And other than that, I'm on my way to keep doing what I can uh, for the next few days. So thank you all for being here. Nielsen's been with DHS since the beginning of Trump's administration. She was kind of an unknown, but a favorite of her boss, John Kelly, and got his job after he took over as White House chief of staff. She became known for carrying out the controversial zero-tolerance policy at the border that ended up separating thousands of immigrant children from their parents. Trump has apparently been frustrated with Nielsen for a while. Aides say he fumed as caravans of migrants made their way to the border last fall and threatened to fire her. Nielsen got some points back with her boss after she made a deal with Mexico in January to keep asylum seekers on the other side of the border while their cases went through the U.S. court system. And when she fought for the wall during the government shutdown. It is a humanitarian crisis. It is a security crisis. And the reality is that walls work. Everywhere we have put up a wall, illegal immigration has been reduced 90 to 95 percent. But that apparently wasn't enough. So Nielsen is out, and a guy named Kevin McAleenan is in as the acting head of DHS. So who is this guy? McAleenan's currently leading Customs and Border Protection. He's been working for the Border Protection Agency for a while, and he became the deputy in 2014 under President Obama. Since he took over that agency, he's focused on counterterrorism efforts, trade, and of course, border security. Here he is a couple weeks ago with a dire warning. We are doing everything we can to simply avoid a tragedy in a CBP facility. But with these numbers, with the types of illnesses we're seeing at the border, I fear that it's just a matter of time. But it's kind of controversial that he's taking over the Department of Homeland Security. He's not next in line. Trump skipped over Claire Grady, the Undersecretary for Management in the department. Because of the way succession works at DHS, people are saying Grady would have to be fired so McAleenan can even take the job. Ouch. And McAleenan isn't the only acting head in the Trump administration. In fact, there are a bunch of cabinet positions that haven't been confirmed by the Senate. There's an acting defense secretary and interior secretary. There's an acting UN ambassador and an acting director of immigration and customs enforcement. And starting today, a new secret service director. The White House announced that Trump fired the current director who reported to Nielsen earlier today. Trump has seen more turnover than previous presidents and has the most cumulative days with acting cabinet members of any president, according to The Washington Post. But Trump says he isn't worried about it. He told CBS Face the Nation in February that it's actually easier to have acting officials. I like acting because I can move so quickly. Mm -hmm. It gives me more flexibility. Trump has said he wants the DHS to get, quote, tougher on the border. But that might be hard without confirmed secretaries in place. McAleenan will still have all the same responsibilities and powers as a confirmed secretary. But lawmakers might be less likely to want to work with him because they haven't confirmed him. The madness is almost over. The women's NCAA basketball tournament ended with a bang last night. If you didn't watch, it was a nail-biter. Baylor beat Notre Dame 82-81. The women's tournament might be over, but the men get their shot tonight. Number 3 seed Texas Tech is taking on number 1 seed University of Virginia. The betting odds are in Virginia's favor, but anything could happen. And it will be a big deal no matter who wins. Neither team has ever won the NCAA championship, so it's going to be historic. But it might not be a crazy high-scoring game. Both teams are really well-known for their defense. And experts think they might break a record for the least amount of points scored in a championship game. If you want to learn a little more about how the NCAA tournament works, we did a whole episode of our notes about it. You can find that on the skit map. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Florida. No, it's not the meme about Florida man and your birthday. It's about a snake. The Big Cypress National Preserve has captured the largest python ever to be removed from that preserve. It's a 140-pound, 17-foot-long Burmese python. Oh, and she was pregnant with 73 eggs. Pythons were brought to Florida as pets and started becoming a problem in the 1980s when their owners released them into the wild. Then even more got out when a python breeding facility was damaged during Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Since then, environmentalists haven't been able to keep up. The pythons have thrown in a lot of native wildlife, like rabbits, possums, and deer. So how do they track one down? It's kind of creepy. They put radio transmitters on male pythons, and then they follow them when they go looking for mates, the lady pythons. They call those male snakes Judas snakes. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening to us today and be sure to hit subscribe and share the show with your friends. We'd also love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.